All right, hello everybody. Let's see. Uh, how's it going, Dexter and Seagrover? Okay, we only have one of those today. Okay. These chats are live. Looks like we got sound going into OBS at least. See here, a couple more. Let's turn off this preview. We don't really need this one. Hey, uh, Beata, how's it going over in YouTube? Uh, happy Friday yet again, Mark. Yep, happy Friday to you and everybody. Tammy makes things. How's it going? So, uh, let's do a quick introduction, and then uh, I'll get going. Actually, let's see, I'm going to shuffle these chats just a little bit more. Make it easier for me to see both of them at once. And I'm going to make sure this didn't mess up OBS. I don't think it will. Yeah, it doesn't change anything on that side. Perfect. Okay. Uh, TGIF, definitely agreed there. How's it going to Shippu? Uh, love the factory. Hola uh, to Colorado. Uh, from Kansas City to Colorado. So how's it going? Um, so, introduction uh, to anybody who may be new uh, or catching the stream for the first time or watching it, um, you know, the recorded one on YouTube later on. Uh, my name is Tim and I go by Foamy Guy on GitHub and Discord uh, and some other places online. And we are going to be uh, working on CircuitPython related things. This is the Deep Dive program. Uh, this is a weekly program that occurs Fridays at. Um, it's 4 p.m. Central Time, which is my time, but it was originally uh, more typically billed as 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, no, 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 excuse me, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, U.S. Pacific Time, uh, and then uh, 5 Eastern Time. So we have lots of different time zones. Uh, Scott, the lead developer of CircuitPython, is the one who originally started this show. Um, he was out for a while for uh, paternity leave, and he is back now, but he's still uh, getting ramped up, so he is not quite ready to take back over the stream yet, so I'm still here. Uh, but he lives in the Pacific time zone, so that's why uh, 2 p.m. Pacific always was the time. And of course, Adafruit uh, is in New York, which is in the Eastern time, which is also a very commonly used time zone uh, for things all across the U.S., even outside of the Eastern time zone. So anyway, enough about time. Um, it's that time of the day right now for us to get into the deep dive. And if you don't know uh, what this is about, we are working on CircuitPython stuff. Um, if you don't know what that is, though, CircuitPython is an implementation of Python that runs on these tiny computers called microcontrollers. Uh, there are a bunch of different ones on this page listed here, the downloads page. Um, which this is on circuitpython.org, which is where you can learn more about CircuitPython if you do want to learn about it. Uh, today, I'll be looking uh, actually at the Circuit Playground Express, which is right here, the circular one. Uh, and I actually have uh, it and its um, you know older sister, if you will, the Circuit Playground Bluefruit, which is uh, kind of the next generation of um, Circuit Playground. This one has uh, Bluetooth and a couple other differences, but those are the devices that I'm going to be looking at today. Um, CircuitPython is an open source project. Uh, anybody can get involved, can contribute code, uh, can help us with pull requests and adding devices and updating drivers and adding new features and doing all that sort of stuff. Anybody can help. Uh, if you go to circuitpython.org, there's a contributing link up at the top, which you can click, uh, which will get you a list of all the open pull requests and all of the open uh, 
issues, including the good first issues, which is the place we tend to point folks uh, who are just, um, you know, getting started in their journey of helping contribute to CircuitPython. Um, so CircuitPython, like I said, it is an, uh, an open source project, but it is primarily funded by this company, Adafruit. This is their website, adafruit.com. Um, so they pay the folks that work on CircuitPython full-time, like Scott, who I mentioned before, um, the, the lead developer. They also pay a couple of other folks that work on the project full-time, as well as some folks who work on the part project part-time, like myself. Uh, so if you want to help support the project, but not necessarily get involved in development, something that you can do is purchase hardware at Adafruit. Um, they sell the microcontrollers, the, the devices that run CircuitPython. They also sell sensors, uh, you know, beepers, buzzers, lights, um, all kinds of things that you can hook up to the microcontrollers to uh, do stuff with, like read values from sensors or you know, take inputs from buttons or set LEDs to be fancy colors. Um, you can find all kinds of fun stuff over on their website at adafruit.com. And definitely all of us um, who do get paid to work on the project appreciate you purchasing hardware from them to help support them. Uh, living in Python land, watching out for the blue smoke meanies. Who smoke meanies? Uh-oh, they sound very, uh, very menacing. Uh, Paul Shulinick and Charles Burnford, how's it going over on the YouTube chat? Uh, so today, specifically what I'm gonna look at are a couple of PRs that are in uh, regarding the Circuit Playground uh, library and as well the, uh, the core CircuitPython uh, project uh, because it freezes in certain libraries, including the Circuit Playground one. Um, so this PR is from NearDoc uh, community members, so hug report to NearDoc for figuring this out and making the PRs for it. Um, basically, this is an attempt to save some space in some of the tightest CircuitPython builds, um, a couple of which are the Circuit Playground builds. In particular, some of the ones for other languages um, are actually a little bit tighter in space than the English ones even. Um, and one of the things that takes up space are frozen copies of the libraries, um, which, uh, is this guide published? Uh, I don't know. Katni was just writing this week even uh, a, li a, a, um, a learn guide that's all about libraries and frozen in versus MPY crossed and uh, everything you could ever want to know really about libraries and which ones are where and what the implications are. Um, I don't know if it is live yet. If not, it should be pretty soon. Um, but that's a good place to go if you do want more information, like high-level information about what I'm talking about. Maybe it's in here, libraries. Libraries. Yep. This, I think, is the page. Yeah, totally is. Yep. Yep. So this tells you all about different libraries how they can be, you know, where they come from in the bundle, um, how they're published online, um, you know, MPY libraries versus frozen in libraries versus just Python libraries, all of that kind of stuff is covered in this guide as well as like troubleshooting, you know, when you're missing a library, the error. So this is a really good place to learn more generally about libraries um, because the, the topic that I am looking at in this PR is pretty down in the weeds. It is the deep dive and so we are going uh, to some pretty low depths in this one. Um, you know, we're gonna be getting into the CircuitPython core and making some custom builds with this updated version of the library. 
Um, so basically one of the things that consumes space on this uh, Circuit Playground Express build is this library, the Circuit Playground library. We want this to be built in, that way folks don't have to install it. Um, you know, it just comes like, you know, out of the box, so to speak. Uh, you can just start playing with the onboard peripherals, which is definitely awesome. Um, but if we can make this library smaller, then we can save space on that device. Uh, and so what this PR does is not necessarily make the library smaller per se, but what it does is it kind of adds this new subdirectory, this one here, frozen CPX, Adafruit Circuit Playground uh, library right here. And this has uh, what are not actually files, I think they're pointers or, or symbolic links, that's what this is called. Uh, symbolic links to some of the other files. So basically this is a subdirectory which contains links that point to the files that are actually needed by the Circuit Playground Express uh, because this one library does support both the Circuit Playground Express as well as the Circuit Playground Bluefruit. So the same library actually works on both of these devices, but this one, the Circuit Playground Express, uh, is a SAMD21, which is uh, one of the smaller uh, microcontrollers, and it also has, um, you know, a limited amount of storage space. I think there's maybe like two megabytes or something about that uh, in storage space on this thing to, to hold CircuitPython as well as your libraries um, need to fit inside of there. Whereas this one is uh, NRF52840, which is kind of a, you know, a generation uh, higher sort of than that SAMD21. Um, the main chip is, you know, bigger, essentially, it just has, you know, better uh, specs, a little bit more storage, a little bit faster CPU, a little bit more RAM, all of those things are scaled up a bit. Um, and this one is not really tight on space at all. Uh, it would be nice to save extra space, you know, nobody's ever going to say no to extra space, but we're not really hurting for space on this one. Whereas we are essentially on this one, we basically, uh, for this one, for a little while now, we've had to like, you know, not... Um, you know, not take uh, new features into the library because there was just no space left in some of the builds. Um, so if we can save a little bit of space, then we would be able to add a few new features with that space. Um, so that is what this PR is all about. Um, and I will be taking a look, a closer look into it and building CircuitPython with it and testing it out on these devices. Uh, Attack of the Blue Meanies, a cultural reference uh, to a movie Let's see, a movie made about the we, oh, we all live in the submarine song, Yellow Submarine, Blue, uh, Blue Meanies. Yeah, I am not familiar with uh, the movie about it, but I am sort of familiar. I, I should say I've heard of the song. I don't know that I would call myself familiar with the song. I probably, I'm, I don't know. I may recognize it if I hear it. I think that's part of the lyrics, isn't it? All live in the Yellow Submarine, so I'll probably recognize it from that, but. Um, so to start with, we are going to try to make a build of CircuitPython that includes this modified library here. Uh, and so there's actually two PRs open for this. One of them is on the library itself, and one of them is on the core. Um, the core one is basically changing the directions of what gets frozen in to the Circuit Playground Express to that frozen uh, directory. And there's three different builds for the Circuit Playground Express, um, the, the you know, standard uh, CPX build, the Cricket build, which is a, kind of an extra peripheral that you can use alongside the CPX, and then 
the display IO build, which also goes along with an extra peripheral, in this case, the, uh, the gizmo screen, which is actually this thing on the back here. I have mine attached to my Circuit Playground Bluefruit, uh, but you can actually use this uh, screen attachment with the CPX as well. But due to the fact that we're so tight on space, we actually have to have different builds uh, for those different add-on modules because there's not enough room to put all of them uh, into the build. So that's why there's three different builds. That's why there's three different changes. Um, and that's what we'll be testing. So to start with, I'm just going to get uh, main, going to get switched over to main and updated here. Um, let's see here, main, Adafruit main. Let's do that and then update. And then what we will do is check out the PR that is in the core here inside my local repo. Then we'll go into the frozen directories and check out the branch from this PR over here on the library. Then we should be able to make a build, install it on our device and see how it goes. How's it going, Keith, uh, the EE? Hope everybody's doing well. Yep, uh, definitely agreed there. And uh, back at you as well, hope you're doing well. Um, okay, so we're, let's see, we're still fetching. Is that actually visible? It's probably under the chats, isn't it? Yeah, fetching thing. Yeah, not really. So the, ooh, you have the YouTube chat, is it cut off like that? Or I get, oh, okay, there's only a couple of messages in it, I see. This happens to line up at the baseline there. Um, so the little fetching progress bar updating is kind of behind, scoot it over right there, kind of behind the chats there. I got them on partially transparent, uh, but it looked like it was still pretty hard to see behind there. Um, all right, updating. I don't, uh, I don't necessarily update the, the my local repo super often. Um, usually just when I sit down to work on something specific. So sometimes it's a little bit out of date um, and it does take a minute to update. Hopefully it won't be too much longer here. There we go. Uh, partially updated though, I wonder. Elf. I wonder what, uh, we don't have changes, do we? Oh, we have. Okay, so these, I th uh, let's see, a bunch of these are the uh, pre-commit changes in different files, uh, which I've been dealing with that in my local copy for a minute now. This one I don't necessarily expect to see, though. I'm not sure why this would be different. Um, we're going to be changing that anyway, because this is basically the file that determines which version the frozen circuit playground library is uh basically like which commit it's pegged at um or actually why that would be different maybe i tested something else prior and it uh it changed back let's look at what is actually in main for real Be like uh, I can't look at it on here actually because it would be inside modules. Background, but oh, but this doesn't have the commit. 
that. If I look in here, do we see? This has at least part of it. F8, 2, D3, EF. Is that the end or the beginning or what is it? Beginning. F8, 2, my version. Okay, so my version is different. I think we want this one. This is what's in main right now. Of course, we're about to change it anyway. I can't. But I do think we should start from the same thing that's in main. That way we're like in a known spot. Although, I don't know actually how. Unlock? Hmm. I mean, would it be, well, get modules? We looked in there and it didn't have. Have the commits. Modules thing in here. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not super like. I don't have a lot of experience messing with submodules. So I don't know all of the all of the exact ways to do everything here. Reference uh, Big Blue Mini is the name of the villain in the movie. I gotcha. Name of the villain. Is it would it be inside of dot get somewhere? I know there's like dot get. Go back to root. Root, yeah. Let's look in here. It doesn't show me this one for some reason in my. Uh, or here, is it in modules? Uh, I mean, so I mean, I probably something in here could set it, but I have no idea. I guess this is why right here, because this is on add square wave. But yeah, I did. I did test something, but this is. Let's get another new one of these. Let's go in here. Let's try changing it the normal way and see what it does after that. Uh, yeah, I think this is probably just already on so let's go list uh check out check out what check, checked out check. go so now i guess it's different There's actually a difference, but not Circuit Playground anymore, which is weird. Uh, maybe we need to also go make fetch the modules. Uh, in the root.
This actually might change branch that's checked out in the uh, circuit playground library. Not actually sure. It does we'll change it back again. Hopefully this will make it so these ones don't differ though. Ideally, I'm just trying to get as close to like real actual main as I can uh, and then make my change and then start testing so that like hopefully I'm pretty close to main. Would clobber existing tag. Huh. Suppose it will just work if I run it again. Seems wishful thinking, right? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, we'll keep going. Uh, that's an error that I don't recall seeing before, though. Do a picture. I guess we could just copy paste this text, right? Yeah. What is it? Pico SDK? Oh, is that the mini? Blue mini? Nice. Looks pretty cool. Not really claws on him. So I don't know also if this is the last one or if it stopped because it failed on this one. Uh, I do notice these things, these differences here went away. That's cool. What does this say now? Clear? Okay, so yeah, this is actually back to main now. You can actually check out this one. And then go make build for it. So, so uh, this is what we want. LS. Uh, we'll just do the stock build first. And we'll install this on the device and verify it a couple of different ways. Like, we'll make sure that it actually doesn't get the Bluefruit stuff. Um, try to import that and make sure it fails. And then we'll make sure all of the CPX stuff works as expected. So let's, uh, let's also pull up the your Playground main guide, which will have a bunch of... Uh, UPX library examples in it. 
Actually, these look direct. Here we go. This is the guide we want. So the other guide was mostly like uh, without using the Circuit Playground library. Um, it was showing you how to do a, a bunch of similar things, but it was showing you the you know the manual code, the code without the library. The library turns a lot of those into just like one-liners. You know, import the library and then you know, either set or get the uh, whatever thing you're interested in. Okay, so here uh, we got our build, and uh, one thing we can tell is it does say 1576 bytes free. Um, so one thing we could do, oh, but you know what we didn't do is uh, we didn't actually check out, yeah, we didn't check out the, didn't check out the core PR, still on main. You do actually need to do, oh, no, go back, okay, go back. The taller, no, no. Um, six, three, four, six. Okay. So now let's actually make another new build. Actually, I'm also going to do this. Well, no, I want to keep it actually. 1576. I'm going to do clean again. So theoretically, it should be, it sh well, it should be uh, bigger. It should have more bytes free this time. I understand right, because last time it would have included the Bluefruit stuff, but this time it will not because inside of ports atmel words Playground Express build main this one now points it to frozen CPX only, which doesn't contain the Bluefruit one. So theoretically, we have we should get more free space this time. Uh, the great grand great great grandfather of the blue smoke monster, got a lot of teeth. Blue smoke, uh, this guy here, Sparky. Sparky, we got a Sparky, don't we? This guy. Always well, like Sparky. I mean, you never like to see Sparky coming out of your projects, but. The character Sparky is pretty cool. 
Ah, yeah, and so like right here, actually, we can see files, and it does not have any blue ones. So I guess actually we can probably see up here. In fact, yeah. So here it does have the blue fruit ones. But it's looking like we do properly um, have it limited now to less to to not the blue fruit file essentially which is where our space savings is coming from, because that blue fruit library, that blue fruit um, file inside of the Circuit Playground library, that's never going to get used on the Circuit Playground Express in the library so that it can support both Circuit Playgrounds, the Express and the blue fruit. Oh, wow. Dang, look at that. Wow. So we, that's actually a lot. That's more than I was expecting, honestly. That's like... We had 1,500, and now it's up to 5,900. So that's like f over 4,000. Like 4,200? 4,400? There's actually, I mean, it's obviously small compared to like modern PCs and hard drives and stuff, but in the microcontroller land, that's actually a pretty good chunk of space. Get this plugged in. We want to sit. Fish. Camera's gone. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, it's frozen. Yeah. It's frozen. Usually do this. Oh, we killed the overhead cam. Let's oh, are you live? No. Live in the preview on the phone, but not. Uh... Okay, so let's just restart this. Go back here. Start server. Page. Oh yeah. Two of these open now. Okay. Serious. up today hmm. all right I'm gonna try restarting it one more time if it's not gonna work though then I'll uh I'll just move on without the overhead we don't necessarily need it all the way out
full app restarting experience get any better again after I focus it now it's not anymore huh all right well Okay. Alright, so what I'll do is I'll just close this for now. We'll move on, but you can all you can still see my screen, right? Just won't be able to see the camera for a minute. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna reboot the phone. If it comes back, we'll try it one more time. Uh, if it's still messed up, I won't bother with it though. And I will just go on for now from here. So we've got our firmware. I'm gonna double press restart. What I was gonna try to show. Quick boot up on that phone. We got our boots. We're gonna go CP from build circuit S firmware two over two media me boot. As soon as I focus it, this page is acting really weird too. Like now the previews usually have uh, trouble with this thing. I don't really know what's going on with it. You came back, focus, but it's alive. And also, this I pressed F12. This is F12, and it's not even like, can't even like load the browser. Ev tools like this page is really wonking it out for some reason. Hmm. Let me check. Well, 
Okay. Back to this. Okay, so I, I was doing uh, load testing earlier for work uh, on something, and I was like, I didn't leave that running with like hundreds of connections open up to this other server. Did I? Maybe that was like using up my bandwidth or something, but I don't have that running. Um, and it seems like the, the stream here shows, well, it does have yellow bitrate. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know what it normally shows. Honestly, I don't usually keep an eye on it. We'll go with no camera for now. I got another phone, so uh, I'll try it again before tomorrow's stream. If it's still not working, I can uh, have a different one I can sub in. One of these days, I'm going to get a different top-down camera as well. Keep saying that. I also want to get a different, like, straight on the camera that shoots me. But um, anyway, we got our uh, we got our thing installed right um, here. We'll open up this. So I think let's also grab look here. Or JP, yeah, liars. We can still blame liars. I'm down for that. So we should not be able to. We should not be able to import Blue Fruit One. Does that work though? Oh, I got a pink. Oh, is that over in the CircuitPython dev? What's uh, there's a 131 now. Three one now. So do I, is this, how do I fix it though? Just run make it touch some is this like brand new? Maybe they like just did it. Well twenty five days, three days. One minute. Everyone, oh. we have around four COVID. Does this pass now? Not sure I understand. Then, whoa. Red.ink? Huh. Diagram. Curiosity. Normally, I would not click on. I think that looks like this. Still fails on one thirty, one three zero. Scott would not probably paste. And that's. Uh, 
soon. SVG. I can't tell what it's uh PD. Can't tell what it's mapping. I don't it's not letting me zoom in. You have a one thirty one. But how do we Got two. Hmm. You know, I guess well, I don't know where that one's not frozen. I guess maybe you go to wherever that's at. Uh, wherever that one's at, maybe you go to it and then like get checkout uh, one three one or fetch or hmm. I don't know how to update it. Um, this though. We should not be able to import blue fruit, which is basically what this does. So this should fail, and I will need to not do the dot only. Oh, oh speaking of that, this is not what we want. This would be this, I think. Okay, and but express would work. Yeah, and then now we have CP objects, so we can do like this. Got red LED. And it turned on. You can see the camera because the camera was wigging out on me, but it turned on. Enough. In 
here. Oh, okay, yeah, the waveform thing. So big. And so now it's uh, just going to look for the switch and print something when it changes. Oh, actually, it would not just print. It would print all the time, wouldn't it? So that's not working. Yeah, because it should spam. I just put this in the wrong file. Like that could be a bunch more than it should by now. See, I I copy paste CodePy. I give it a new name because I want to back it up. And then I go and paste whatever code I'm actually trying to put into CodePy, but I paste it into the one which is automatically open, uh, which gets automatically opened whenever I do the copy paste over here. If I copy paste it as my backup file, it opens it up and I don't realize it, and then I paste my code into it. And then of course it's not CodePy, so. There we go, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're looking good there. And I mean, I assume all of these will, will probably be fine. Like the fact that we got a couple of them to work, I think means it's very likely that all of them will work. I will test out a few more though, like, wanna, you know, it's a very, very, very beginner oriented device. It is perhaps the most beginner oriented device uh, for CircuitPython, so we definitely want to make sure that we are not accidentally breaking any of the basics. Except. Is this like uh act tap? Oh, is it looking for double tap? It is oh it's looking for double tap. That's probably working about Did I do it single or double. Uh it's actually Pretty good at detecting the doubles now that I know it's looking for doubles. I mean, it was good at detecting them the whole time, but obviously, I didn't know what it was doing, so I didn't, uh, I wasn't doing double taps. Interesting, okay. I didn't actually know about that functionality. Break. This is this one's similar, I would assume. Single tap. Get anything with that?
No, shaking it pretty hard. I don't think uh, I'm gonna get any success. I don't think that that's very likely threshold. That one. this 30 decreasing should make it easier Oh, you know what? Oh, no? Okay. Oh. All right, one second. over the uh, USB hub, knocked the USB hub off my desk. Uh, yeah, I think just the threshold is a little high for, for my particular device. For I also don't have very much room to shake it because it is still underneath the, uh, the overhead and I don't want to like whack the overhead with it a bunch either, so. I can get 10 pretty easily. And I thought for a minute, like maybe I, it only was working in the Z orientation because that's how I had success in 10. I went back to 20, and I tried that. We got one on 20 there. I kind of... I really um, used the used the USB cable as a spring a little bit. I can get it on 20. Uh, okay, so that's, that's working, you know, especially if we tweak the threshold. I certainly don't think that that's, like, related to this change. I suspect that that behaves any different under the current version. We could go back and try it still too though. Still. Ooh, so I don't get any pick. Oh, there they are. Okay, they were just a little. So actually, maybe that took a little, that took an extra second. I'm not used to the SAMD 21s. Uh, and I think this import actually does take it a second. Now that I'm, now that I'm remembering back, um, maybe I was shaking before this import was complete and therefore not, you know, like it wasn't actually looking yet. Um, that could be, like, I mean, not for every single time, uh, but some of the time, I bet you I was shaking before it was actually got to the main loop. Uh, let me check on this real quick, otherwise this will just popped up here. Nice. Okay. Sorry. This uh 
this is not CircuitPython, uh, CircuitPython stuff, but is still pretty big and exciting news in my world, which is uh, this person I was just talking to, we're uh, hiring him at my, uh, my work, my non-CircuitPython work. The, uh, the other developer left us recently, uh, so I was uh, alone again as the sole developer. Um, but we were working on uh, bringing in this new person, and uh, they just got the uh, just got the offer today, and just uh, wrote me to tell me that they had accepted it and sent it back. So, awesome news in my world for sure. Um, so let's do something other than red, maybe. Do pink. Oh yeah, that takes actually. That's actually a couple of seconds before, uh, well, get, um, which, the, I mean, this is part of the trade-off of the library. The library has a ton of setup and helper stuff going on, which makes it so when you want to use the code, you know, you just use whatever you want. You don't have to set anything up. That's kind of the trade-off is like, it's doing all the setup in here. Uh, but of course that does cost time. I'm a little curious though, how much time. Um, and so we would go new time minus before. Four point two seven seconds. Uh, you know, not an eternity. I mean, pretty long in computing times, but also you got to think too, like this is a SAMD21. This is kind of the smallest of the microcontrollers that CircuitPython works on. Um, and it's running an entire CircuitPython interpreter inside of there, right? Like uh, it is an insane feat for what it is doing. Um, and to do all that in four seconds is still really, really good. Um, and I did get pink, so I think we're fine here. Light sensor, I don't really have a... Well, I can use my... Hopefully this is going to turn the pixels back off. So the other thing I'm going to do is uh, use the blue fruit as well, and actually make sure that it's not impacted by this new version of the library either. Light 11. 11 high or low? Low. Yeah, quite low, in fact. Where the exact this the sensor is. Get it uh, bounce up, though, by shining my phone light on it. All right, um, do a couple more and then we'll switch over to the uh, blue fruit. What else do we need to make sure to test? I mean, there's a ton of circuit playground learn guides, but, well, I guess not all of them necessarily use the library. Some of them might use uh, the more direct stuff. 
a good number of them use the library. Maybe we'll look up a, a couple of the Learn Guide projects and just try those out as well. I mean, as long as we get all of these examples working, I think it's very likely that um, any other projects should be working as well, but use them as inputs. So A2, A3, A4, A5, 6, and 7, and 1. App touch. Turn to true if you touch them. Oh, A1 only though. This code is only A1. Okay. Oh yeah, which works fine. There we go. Okay. Just real quick. So this is where the uh, square wave was added here. And the square wave was actually the kind of inception of this effort. Okay, got our two tones. Those probably didn't come through the um, microphone, but I definitely heard them. This microphone's very directional. And then I also have a noise gate inside of OBS on it, so. Not only does it just physically not point that direction, it uh, so filters out stuff that's too quiet. Yep, it's working. This one requires extra stuff. They're MP3s even. Good, they would be WAV files. Oh, it says WAV here. Oh, hmm. Uh, well, that's interesting. Uh-oh. Huh, so it tells you that it needs it, but it included one It was MP3. Take a quick, uh, quick rabbit hole uh, exploration into this, I think. Let's uh, take a look in the Learn Guide repo.
So I guess this is probably just circuit. Figure out. Maybe circuit Python, circuit playground? No. It was play file. Um, I guess what we could do is like hmm. Oh. Okay, this one's not in the learn guide repo. This one is in. So then are the files in the examples? So it has the MP3s, but it also does have the waves. I have no idea, though, how this button chooses which files include their mp3 stuff on this page oh this is sound level huh One the same? Yeah.
if using IMU to control color, what's the typical throughput speed with lower power micros like the SAMD? Um, if you mean control color like NeoPixels, or what do you mean control the color of? And then also, well, yeah, let's start there, I guess. Uh, the, what, what do you mean the color of? If you mean NeoPixels or something different? Um, and I, I will also warn, I probably am not, like, I can probably point you towards resources to help you find out, but I'm also probably not the person who just knows the, uh, the real limit. Um, one place I could tell you for sure to take a look if you haven't to learn about that sort of thing is the Uber Guide. If, if you are talking about NeoPixels, uh, I'm making that, that assumption so far. Um, this guide right here, though, Uber Guide NeoPixels. Um, this has got stuff about, like, all kinds of different variations of things that are commonly called NeoPixels, um, as well as, like, how it hooks up and the communication protocol and limits and all kinds of different things. So do check that out. Also, I think like dot stars are a very similar kind of thing, right? They're an RGB LED. Um, you know, they're controllable individually in a strand, but they have a different communication protocol. Um, and I, I want to say they're faster. I don't, and I'm not necessarily the expert on that, so I could be wrong. Don't necessarily quote me, but um, I want to say dot stars are kind of like more efficient, basically. So. Uh, either faster and or you can control a longer strand um, than with NeoPixels. But it, it, you know, it doesn't matter unless you're trying to control a, a whole lot, I think, because you can also control lots of NeoPixels. Um, yeah, if you can expand, I can uh, try to point you in the right direction. Otherwise, I would say if you are talking about NeoPixels, check out this Uber NeoPixel guide. Um, this one's got a ton of really good information about them packed into it. Um, okay. So we need to get the wave one. As well, I'm going to go straight to the multi-file one here. I'm going to delete those mp3 files. Buttons. Bigger though. Five K instead of like okay for instead of the way mp3 I think has more compression. Uh, I feel like I pasted that in there and that's why it opened this which is weird because this is not even a text file like it's not going to be able to show me anything useful in there really others oh, have well these also came through with the word examples in their name download
What are they in the repo? These are in the library repo. There, they don't... Oh, that is super weird. So this link goes to dip wave. Huh, so GitHub is doing Change the name of the file. Huh. Did I always do that? I mean, I assume these would have been this name at some point in the past, right? And like GitHub changed the behavior to do this? Uh, Beata, let's see. You can control uh, those in hardware, such as by using spy instead of uh, handling having a loop go through the pin. Belated comment. Yeah, I think uh, you mean probably the NeoPixels. Um, control via spy instead of just a uh, sort of single pin doing the NeoPixel protocol. Do you think that's true? I, I'm not super familiar with like the trade-offs, though. Is that faster or slower or... That part I don't know necessarily. Okay, so now we've got our files. They're actually named the same thing that the script has. Uh, I don't know what they sound like, so I guess we'll find out when I play one. I'm gonna let it wait a second so that we can actually get to the loop. Here we go. Okay, yeah, dip goes down in pitch. It kind of like sounds like that, but rise sounds like that other way. I assume that's which one's which. I still don't actually, I didn't look, but one of them sounds like that. The other one sounds like the other one, so and that's which ones they are. It did work fine once we renamed everything. we mention about these buttons being wrong too or i mean they're not wrong i i don't know what's wrong you know it feels like github is wrong because github knows the name of the file and just changed it randomly um i mean not randomly it put the folder in the name it's not like it just chose it out of thin air but it did just change the name for some reason that's unclear to me at least.
so weird. It really should not. Like, it knows the name of the file right there. It just should not. What's wrong with just serving it as the file it is? It seems... That seems like it's going to break so many things that would just assume that the name of the file is going to be correct. Oh, we're on blue now. That is weird. I don't like that. Microsoft, if you're listening, please don't do that. Right, NeoPixel uh, needs the right timings. Uh, with the other, you can have a lot of jitter in the signal and it won't care. Oh, I got you, okay. With Spy, you can have more, uh, more jitter and it's not as sensitive, basically. It's like uh, more resilient to weirdness. sound we might as well, we're almost to the end of all of these we might as well just go ahead and run through all of them i probably won't do all of them on the blue fruit but i will check a couple on the blue fruit uh, and then i'll also check maybe one or two other projects from the learn guide system just to make sure that there's no uh no issues with those again this is kind of like really 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 thorough testing um a lot of times i would do maybe not quite as thorough not run every single example but again this is like one of the things targeted at the newest users, um, like targeted specifically for the newest users. So we really, really don't want anything to be going wrong with it because they're not going to understand it. Um, yeah, and actually, if I would read better, then I would see that this is actually the expected thing here, which is that uh, this one doesn't work on the... Express, which I'm sure this page probably tells me. Yeah, in fact, it's like big and orange right there, and I scrolled right past it, and there's a picture of a blue fruit, and I scrolled right past that. Um, and so, yeah, uh, even users that are not new users are going to overlook stuff sometimes. I just did. Can't actually use this one, which is fine. Uh, and then I think that's actually the last one, though, so we did make it to the end. Time to get creative. This is probably more of like a prompt, like... Yeah. Oh, okay, but there uh, there are some links to other guides though, so dial touchpad or turn it work. PWM. 
Well, but okay, but that's for the servo. Which I think is the latch, probably. Yeah. Ah, you turn it. It's acceleration. Okay. That's a neat idea. I don't think I've ever seen that before. You actually rotate the board as as if you you know as if it were like a combination lock. As if it were like one of these spinny locks right here. You rotate the board. It uses the accelerometer to know you know what orientation it's in. And then the different points are mapped to letters. So you set your combination in some series of letters. That's actually really cool. Uh, I don't have the servo ready to go, so I can't really hook this up for myself. I mean, we could do something other than the servo. Um, I probably would rather test something that I can, that I don't need external hardware for. If there, if there is anything, I guess it's also not going to be the case, but. Broken picture. Oh. Heck. So this one's like makey makey pretty much. Got all that fruit right here. In the key. They're basically making touch pads. So I could probably run this one and just try it with. Uh, obviously, I don't have the limes, but I bet you the touch pads work. maintenance a lot of jitter and the bolts come loose that star spy has clock and data signals oh and outputs as well signal inputs and outputs speeds are much higher because the clock separately synchronizes the data rather than the neopixel a method of extracting the clicking from the single data line oh i see okay so dot stars have a separate clock signal going up and down at a known, you know, static frequency or whatever. I, this is my understanding again, so I, don't, I could be wrong still, but that's what I'm understanding what Seagrove is saying here. And then uh, NeoPixel, just, it has just the one line, the data line, but it, it kind of toggles it not only to represent data, but also to represent the clock speed, uh, which does, does sound familiar, because I think NeoPixels are pretty picky about the uh, speed of everything happening. Difficult for me to touch one and not the other. I guess that's where the limes come in. Look like got all of those working independently though, so good here.
the URL. can be slower on the dot star for the same reason oh interesting okay so if you if you specifically want slow animations it gets difficult because you have to keep up the clock speed for it to tell time never thought about that whereas on the other one you could just slow down the clock signal you're not interfering the data this is so weird that it would change the file name this is like Some of the things people do sometimes in software just make no sense to me. Like somebody spent time writing logic that changes the file name and like 95 plus percent of the people who use it are going to assume that it doesn't do that and they're not going to want that. No one is going to assume that GitHub is just randomly going to change your file name, right? Like such a bizarre thing for them to do. Here's our actual piano. Got some color action and tones when we touch each of the ones. Oh, interesting. Switch. Tone. Huh. Oh, continue. So the switch is like a main switch. If you turn it to off, whatever way that is, it will uh, it will not go through the rest of the stuff because of continue. I don't use continue very much, so it throws me for, pardon the pun, it throws me for a loop a little bit when I see it. Um, I don't know, it's just not, it, it wasn't a basic building block that I learned very early in my coding life and so it just I don't uh it's not something I I tend to use regularly there are there have been a few places where I found a need for it specifically and it was like the best tool that I came up with to do the job but a lot of times the the way I write code ends up being differently enough that I don't end up using it um I forget about it a little bit but I think that's what's going on here if the switch if this trips then this will cause it not to do any of the rest of this stuff and instead just loop back around um, and check the switch again. And it will just keep checking the switch until it's flipped to the other orientation, then it will allow it to go on. So that is like, it's like a, you know, override, power override switch. If that's off, then you can't play any songs. I almost just tried to pull up the camera, which of course we can't do. 
Uh, I guess we'll go in here at least. See something. Did I save this? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, how's it going, Johnny? How are you doing today? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Dan says that's totally weird. Seems like a miss feature. Okay, so our switch is off, which means, yeah, we can't play. So if I touch the touchpads, nothing happens. So if I flip the switch, we'll stop printing that stuff. And now I can touch, we get lights, we get sound. And again, it's probably not getting picked up. Maybe if I pull it up here, on both sides, and the edge. How's that for a song? You see my face lighting up? Kind of. Cannot make out the colors necessarily too much. Basically, each of these touches has a different color as well as a different sound. And this camera is not, it's all washed out. It's not going to pick it up very well, but. There we go. Okay. That is working fine. Be a lot cooler if we had limes, but it does work, so. Count that one as a win. Um. What else? Is there another one that, well, let's do the, let's jump to the blue fruit. I've done all of this on the Express so far. Let's test out a bit on the blue fruit as well, because we do want to make sure that we're not breaking it on that device either, because it's, you know, the same kind of thing, right? These are both targeted at very, very new users, so we don't want to, like, turn them off of, you know, CircuitPython or programming in general or anything, right? We want it to be super duper easy because um, that's the purpose of this library and these devices. Um, there are other devices that are, you know, have more, more uh, complex functionality and don't have helper libraries that make everything quite as easy. Um, but these are like really, really meant to be able to just hand someone who has no programming or electronics experience uh, you know, spend maybe five or ten minutes showing them a few things, and then they can, like, take it from there and run with it and make their own projects with it. Like, that's the uh, the level of user. Like, someone brand new should be able to 
with a minimal amount of direction should be able to uh, start making stuff right away with it, so. Anything that does go wrong tends to, like, really throw them off. Um, check this one out to 117. Oop, check out. And I'll just use the Python versions. We don't need... This isn't built into Bluefruit. Well, yeah, because otherwise it would be... Now I'm second-guessing myself. This isn't built into Bluefruit, is it? I think so. I think it's built into Express because there's less room. Less RAM, maybe? Much storage space or RAM. That's the ultimate constraint that limits it, but... Oh, okay, so this won't be uh, SAMD, this will be NRF. Yeah, okay, not built in. Uh, in fact, there's nothing built in. So we will, will be able to just copy this, put it on our blue fruit, and then we'll know that we are uh, using it because it doesn't have a frozen in one. I use dot stars exclusively for all those reasons. One of the best parts uh, is you can also do super slow software spy routine on an old slow processor. Synchronous protocols are much more flexible. Yep. Minus on the CircuitPython repo. Found one maybe that it doesn't do it. I'm check C. Redirect. It just downloads in the browser. Huh. That is so weird, though. I shouldn't do that. Um, copy that. We got the blue fruit plugged in. I'll probably update the blue fruit. I have no idea what version we're on here. I'm sure it's probably out of date. I don't know. I don't recall the last time I used the blue fruit. Okay, it's uh, not as old as it could have been. Truthfully, seven one zero. That's pretty. Really new. So this is Bluetooth something. Advertising. I don't think we need this. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a stock sample. Try this one first. Already on. Might as well. Oh. Three, 
Secret has no touch A7. You notice that there is not one marked A7 on the blue fruit, actually. So maybe that's just an actual hardware difference? There aren't very many, but maybe one of them. It does look like this was targeted directly at the express. Uh, I bet you that everything probably works, save for the A7 would be my guess. The... Ooh, there was a, uh... Oh, I see. Huh, interesting, okay. So you, if you touch either or, you get these branches. If you touch both, you get this one. But it does a third thing if you touch both. Each one has their individual action, and then a third action if you're touching both. Um, yeah, A7. TX is in the spot, but it doesn't have the uh, A7 on the silkscreen. I wonder, uh, it may not be able to support touch on that pin. Uh, I guess we can always try it, right? Well, but it would be called, I guess it would be called... Would it be called touch, uh, touch TX? I do know not every pin. Interesting. How could that? Tasting is not working right. I have this is uh, this is deja vu. I've had this before. It again too. Oh. Okay. Yeah. X. Should have just tried it in the code. I figured this would be super quick and easy to just test and look here. Yeah, there totally is a TX. I figured that would be super quick and easy. I don't know, the uh, the pasting does not want to work right on this, which I think I've seen this before. And I think it was on the Clue, which is the same main chip as this. I wonder if uh, NRF has a more general problem with pasting into the REPL. I think maybe it's not processing correctly when we paste stuff. It's not receiving everything that we pasted, really. Um.
So it won't actually print anything when it's because I already flipped the switch. Which one is it? Two and three that have the, uh, yeah, are those? a place to grab it, but I'm not touching anything else. A3 does not actually respond very well. Yeah, A3 I don't get anything on. I thought I did once. Is it red? No. And A2 is blue. I guess it'd be a little pink on. You have the screws on there as well. And the gizmo. So like this is kind of connecting some of these pins to other stuff. It could cause just enough interference that the touch doesn't want to work right. I do know touch input on pins like this is kind of a a very analog thing. Like it's looking for uh, different analog inputs and sometimes you know more or less stuff connected or longer or shorter wires and stuff like all of that can factor into what it's reading. I think there's actually some tuning you can do as well. Uh, lower level than this library, right? This library wants to make everything super high level. You know, don't worry about the details, but um, I think if you do it more manually, you can put it like a threshold or something that changes the sensitivity, essentially. Also, I think even like ambient stuff, like uh, humidity and stuff maybe in the air, I think can affect that possibly. Um, Neopixels were cheaper, and they have RGBW. Much of the time, you have plenty of CPU to waste. That's true. I think this might be a browser. Oh my gosh. Don't. Well, I was in... been in Firefox. Firefox? That is even more silly. Oh my goodness. I get the same actually.
that's not. You're saying it didn't actually do something. Ran into that when I was doing the Bluefruit examples rework for PyCon. Ran into uh, which. Yeah, okay, yeah, you put a cross out on the. Uh, I see. Yeah, that's true. The blob versus like the file versus the uh, the page versus the file. That's another distinction. Yeah, so you did cross out there. So it's not different. That's not different in browsers, I think, which is good, right? That would be even more bizarre for a browser to decide to change the name of a file that you are downloading. Um, it's bizarre enough that GitHub seems to be choosing to do that. A browser would be even weirder. Touch sensitivity is automatically adjusted each time CodePy runs. Uh, look at the environment, pin capacitance, etc. That's why it's not a good idea to touch any pins. Oh. Uh, I don't remember if I was touching it or not, but I do, I mean, the screws are all screwed in, and I assume, like, being connected to the gizmo could probably affect that as well, right? Um, so, like, that could be throwing things off as well. Would not be surprised at all. Uh, the TX pin does work though, which is uh, on here. Yeah, it's, it prints A7 still, but it plays its tone now and changes its uh, lights to the color. Uh, so let's do just a few of the non-project ones real fast. And then if, uh, if everything is still looking good, then I'll leave feedback on these PRs. Let's do, okay, so like this is the most basic one. We shouldn't have any trouble with it. Red LED on. Yep. Slide switch. We know the slide switch. We know the slide switch works because we did it in the piano. We know tap works because we did it in the piano. Uh, let's skip shake for now. Let's do NeoPixels. And I guess we did some NeoPixels already. Maybe we should go back and do Shake, actually. I'm curious compared to the other one. NeoPixels red works fine. Actually, oh, tap. That's a different tap, though. That's, uh, that's tap uh, accelerometer detection, not touch input. Shake. I do still, I don't get it on default, but we did have to lower this one, right? It was, uh, what was it? threshold or ten is where I found it to be a lot more uh, easy to trigger. Neopixels, uh, light sensor. One of the other differences. Got a less baseline. Yeah. Works when I put the light on it. Uh, gizmo connections could foil the ability to cinch the touch. I gotcha. And it seems like it's that one pin is not doing it, so I wouldn't I would not be surprised if that was something. But I think I have another blue fruit around here somewhere. Acceleration. 
know this is probably working because the shake worked. Actually, I don't think I tested this one on the CPX. Think of it. But it, you know, the tap and the shake are both ultimately using this, so. And we definitely have the edited library, right? Our library definitely... Oh, do, do still. Okay, so this is its own whole other... This have like problem this build the dock. What happened with the? Yeah, the the MPY cross. I wonder if anything weird will happen to the MPY cross. That's done like when a release is made. I don't think so, right? It's because it's going to just ignore this, basically. Pretty much all the existing infrastructure is just not going to care that this exists. The one place that's changed to handle it is inside the core, and that seems to work fine. We do have the newest one, it's just there was not actually a change you know, in anything that matters for the blue fruit, so... Yeah, we should definitely expect for this to not change anything on the blue fruit, which it hasn't so far, so seem to be in the right direction here. Be interesting to freeze it in, but that's definitely beyond the scope of what we need to test for this. So A button pressed, uh, red LED on. And it doesn't have an off, but stop sprinting. You're uh, never setting that back to false, so. Okay, uh, I'm pretty satisfied on both of those. I don't, I didn't see anything on either one really that seemed problematic. doesn't have overview. Almost always the first page is called overview. Have we on? Oh dear. Done it now. There it is.
think we still have that. That was a while ago. Be in here still, right? Yeah. This whole thing. Here we got like 50-something. Gained quite a bit of space, honestly. This is actually really good. 5,900. Right. Got that like 4,400 bytes. I'm going to do the other one as well. I guess, you know, one thing we didn't check was the square wave. Should maybe make sure that functionality works, because I got merged in. I think the way this works is you just do... Yeah, start tone, and then you can do waveform. Sign is the default, but you can do square. I don't even know if these are, these might not even be strings, honestly. Yeah, no, they're not. Uh... Frequency, duration, waveform. The one would be square. You could also import it and use the name for it, but. Uh, okay, so this, I guess the, the reason is because this, we're using, yeah, so we're, this was made after, this was made uh, after, well, it was made before the square wave stuff was merged in, yeah. 
So this probably started from main before the square wave stuff existed, therefore it's not in this branch. When this gets merged into main though, I, you know, then it will contain both. Uh, so we, yeah, we would not expect the square to work. Uh, when it's updated though to main, then then maybe it would work. Then I mean, then I believe it would work. Not really, maybe. I think it would. And then I don't think we really need to mention the blue fruit in this one because the core PR doesn't really affect the blue fruit at all. Um, the library PR, you know, kind of does, arguably. Obviously, it, because of the nature of it, it shouldn't affect it. So we and we tested it and it didn't, and that's good. That's what we want to see. Um, but you know, like arguably, it it could have affected it. Where this change in the core absolutely cannot affect anything on the blue fruit because the only files that it touches are the express ones i guess when we update the fro well no because it's not frozen in so yeah even updating the frozen module still will have no effect on the blue fruit the blue fruit doesn't have a frozen module so yeah, i don't think we need to mention anything blue fruit wise here I should say also thanks to Nerd. So weird, like it knows. 
them. It knows who they are. The pop-up works fine, but it didn't want to autocomplete for whatever reason. And it's like the last person to comment. You would think that would be pretty high in the list of things to check, but... Okay. About two hours, let's see. I may call it a night there. Maybe we'll look for maybe another project to try out. Um, I don't necessarily have anything else in mind. The other thing I thought about getting into, which there's definitely not enough time to really start getting into it, was um, network testing stuff. Uh, either playing with WebSockets, uh, which is something I want to play with in CircuitPython, or um, doing some testing on this requests PR that I saw go by earlier today. These were kind of the other things I had in the back of my mind for if we had a bunch of time left after doing this stuff. Um, so I'll show what I'm talking about and then maybe uh, maybe I'll end up working on it tomorrow on the stream. So this issue here is new and it's uh, basically just saying with basic servers um, with a basic Node.js server and just a looping client that fetches stuff eventually it gets messed up. but pretty much the same server written in Flask, Python Flask, works fine. So something about the way the Node.js server works in combination with the request library or ESP spy stack or something uh, is causing trouble. And uh, Scott had asked about native sockets. I think what I'll plan on is tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning during my stream, I'll probably be playing with network stuff. I'll probably test this out if no one has done it be, uh, by then. Uh, and then I may, I think, also look into WebSockets, which is actually another, another Neradoc uh, production. Well, I thought we could do WebSockets, and that's what it'll find, actually, because I just looked this up earlier. Top result right there is Neradoc. Sockets for Python. So this is something I'm kind of interested in. This is uh, this is something I've been playing around with a lot this week for work for my other work is a WebSocket server. Um, it probably is unlikely to ever need microcontrollers to connect to it directly, but there may be some room for me to like build a project that microcontrollers do connect to and uh, learn some stuff that will carry over to my other project so i may dive into this a bit because i'm getting interested in kind of the intricacies of websockets and how many of them can connect uh to a server stuff like that so um i play with this stuff stuff is on my mind this week so let me catch up with what dan mentioned here websockets gets my vote struds 
Okay, well probably, I mean, I'll probably end up doing some of both. This testing on the request stuff, I don't think this will, uh, I don't think this would take long enough to need a whole stream. Um, so we may do some of that testing and then jump into WebSocket stuff. And mention here, blob. Note the equals. Ah, so it was the slash. Yeah. Weird. Hopefully that's like a misconfiguration in GitHub. Hopefully that's like not intentional and they're gonna fix it relatively soon. It's very bizarre for it to change the name of the file. This makes it seem like it would be a misconfiguration. Like whatever part of their system chose the response file name inside the uh, inside the response, it looks like didn't parse correctly got the last two sections of the full path, and it should have taken just the last one. Probably an oversimplification of it. I'm sure there's probably more going on in there than, than I'm privy to, certainly, but that's what it feels like to me, is something was parsing out segments and it got uh, more than it needed. Oh, nice. Opened up feedback on... Uh, does that overwrite the chat? Yeah, it totally does, sorry. Nice. I didn't know, uh, Jack, I didn't know about this. Repo, this is a repo. They're filing. Read me in a code of conduct. I had no idea this existed. Discussion. What are discussions? That's different than issues? Huh. I think I've ever seen discussions before, actually. Upvote? Anything when I. Okay. Upvoted. It must. I think it must have not done this in the past. I'm like. I'm like 95% sure if it didn't do this, if it, if it didn't used to behave this way, it would have, like, the, the code in the guide would have gotten written with example in it. If this had been the behavior all along, I'm like, you know, 90% plus, 95% plus certain that the, uh, that this code here would have had example in it. Because the person who wrote this page would have, like, downloaded it and then written the code based on what it what it had I think I think it's or and or like somebody would have complained by now right because based on the 
instructions on this page like you go you know do to do I'm, I'm following the instructions I put this code in and it's not gonna work the way it is now so like somebody would have reported that I think by now and again cuz this is like you know circuit Python 101 stuff like very very new users use this it is you know it's it's pretty far down the list of examples but it's still like amongst the first examples that people use I have to think somebody would have uh, you know, made a form post or come to the Discord with that problem. Network stuff gets my vote too. Of course, I'm still interested in wrapping up this one. What is this one? 6236. Oh, is that, uh, was that the CPX one? No. Oh, right. I do kind of remember this now. Yeah, this one fell off of my radar, at least I remember, remember back when this got created. I'd be up for looking into this a bit too. Because I think you found, did you find like, found the part of the code, right? So you're, do I understand uh, correctly, Cedar? Your theory is um, if we drop this to, uh, where does it say, one, uh, one kilohertz, so we drop this to a thousand or less? Theoretically, we think then the, we'll get the full range of brightness. And then basically what we need to do is try that, validate that it works to give us the full range, and then also make sure it doesn't cause any other issues. Okay. Yeah, that seems, seems straightforward enough. We could give that a try as well. I am, uh, I am always, I'm always a bit of a sucker for Display.io stuff. This is kind of tangentially related to Display.io stuff, so this is like in the world where I'm spending a lot of my time in the course. So I'm pretty familiar with it. Uh, and I'm always willing to dive in and, and look at stuff. So maybe we will, I think we will, uh, I will try to take a look at this as well. Cause I, it shouldn't, I don't think it will take too long just to make a build and test that out. So um, we could probably have enough time to do that and then get into some network stuff as well. Tested it 500, uh, 500 Hertz worked fine. We need to test for audio interference. Okay. Audio uh, on the speaker or somewhere else? So like we'd run this and then also play some stuff on the speaker. We can do that. Okay. Yeah, thanks for mentioning it. Um, yeah, I do, I do remember back when this came up, but it definitely had fallen off my radar. 
Um, so yeah, sneak, you know, a bit of a sneak peek there for, uh, for what tomorrow's stream will be. So tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., uh, which is, what, uh, 12, 16-ish hours, a little less than 16 hours from now, uh, I'll be back um, streaming. I will not be on the Adafruit channel, like right now, we're on the Adafruit Twitch and, uh, and YouTube, as well as I think some other places, Twitter, um, be some more places i'm not entirely sure where all it goes but uh tomorrow i'll be on my own account um foamy guy uh on um on youtube foamy guy underscore twitch on twitch um the easiest thing to do though is if you just come to the live broadcast chat the same chat that's right down below me here on the uh, screen right now uh, i'll paste the links right when i'm getting started in the morning so there'll be links right in there um so yeah i will work on this stuff tomorrow uh, thank you to everyone who is watching. Um, thank you to Dexter. Uh, let's see, Beata over on YouTube, dropping some NeoPixels knowledge on us. Uh, Charles, thanks for hanging out. Paul, um, Keith, let's see, thank you. C. Grover, uh, Struts, thank you for your vote for WebSockets. I think we will look into that, so come hang out tomorrow and we'll get into that a bit. Uh, Ham's Lab, Johnny. Thank you, uh, as always, for watching. Love the factory. Thank you from Colorado. Not really. You're in Colorado. I'm not. But thank you to, to Colorado. Uh, Deshipu. I think that's the gang we had in the chat today. Uh, so again, thank you to all you folks. And um, yeah, 